Hey, this is Tim. Um, it's 7.35 on Monday morning. I was listening to, uh, you know, the podcast, you know, the lesser quality version anyways. And uh, Aaron mentioned Star Wars reboot, and I'm going to repeat exactly what I screamed at my stereo. No! 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 God damn it, no! Tim, Wayne, and Andrew. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. This is Tim. Oh, and, and I'm Andrew. Sorry, I had something in my mouth there. Something feels odd here. It's it's like everything is right in the world. We have the entire group. And everybody listening now is like, why aren't you guys recording Nights of Rainsboro? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a smart move. It's, it's a disturbance in the force. I haven't felt this since... Before soccer season. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's good to be back, guys. I, I've missed you. I'm honestly not caught up with all the back episodes, but I'm I'm happy to be back. It's good to see you guys. And you know what? I've read some fantastic comic books while I was gone. So things you guys, I was surprised you didn't talk about. Such as? Well, I picked up this gym a, a few weeks ago called The Secret Lives of Julie Newmar. Um, the Secret Lives of Julie Newmar? Right. You, you know who Julie Newmar is, right? Right. I mean, the, the, right. The, the only good Catwoman. Right. Yes. yes. The original, the, the, the woman who actually kit-bashed her costume back in the day and moved her belt lower down on her hips to give her more, to emphasize her hourglass figure more. Mm-hmm. Tall, beautiful, uh, you know, you know gorgeous, she, really. She used to live down the street from me. You're lying. I am not lying. You know, she's really a man, right? <laughs> That's not attractive to her. James Newmar is 75. Your house might be in that book then because I flipped through it and she's gardening in one scene. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, is she the one who complains about your your cigar smoke? No. No, but when I when I was a kid, she lived lived down the street from my dad's house. Oh, that's the perfect time when you were uh-huh. still a kid uh-huh. and she was probably still all young and hot and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Used to run into what? her at the grocery store. True story. I'm surprised that with with that that connection, you didn't pick this gem of a book up. Um, it's a Blue Water book, right? Oh, is it? I, I didn't even notice. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us about how wonderful this book is? Hey, before you do, before you do, I just have to tell you, Andrew. You know we get Blue Water books for free, right? <laughs> do we? <laughs> Go ahead, continue with your story. <laughs> Maybe Paul does. <laughs> well, you know, not, now I feel a little bad about that, but um, yeah, it's written by Mark Shapiro and Julie Newmar. It's uh, the penciler is Emiliano Urdinola, uh, who's also the colorist, and and of course the excellent letter excellent lettering is done by Warren Montgomery. So, I, you know, I've only read the first issue. I don't know why. Uh, it starts with her out watering her garden and falling into a magic gnome's head, uh, where she's apparently pulled through space and time. 
to, oh, I don't know, the 1960s, uh, 70s. I'm going to say, and, and you find out that uh, Kennedy has a secret time travel program, which is odd because he still got assassinated in this timeline. <laughs> I think if you had a crack team of time traveling agents, you could avoid that whole getting shot in the head in Texas thing. Well, you know, it didn't work for Lincoln. He was also a time traveler. <laughs> that is Come that, on, that, uh, time Lincoln. Come on, guys. I have figured out Andrew's penance for missing all these podcasts. <laughs> and he, he already found it. buying this series and talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she meets her very creepy There's handler. More. Who had? Oh yeah, who has no sense of personal space? It's uh, wow, it's it's creepy. Um, but she gets into her Catwoman costume. I'll be honest, that was that was pretty good. Uh, and then you find out. So you know they brought her back for this mission, and she doesn't remember wait, her wait, form. Wait, wait, wait. Is she seventy five year old Julie Newmore? No, as she got sucked back through time, she de aged. Because <laughs> that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> okay, continue. Because <laughs> well, like Paul is not interested. If you're five-year-old Julie Newmar wearing the costume, Paul's all in. Well, you know, so they brought her back, right? And so they're giving her this backstory about how she's an agent, but she doesn't remember her memories, and they need her help, and blah, blah, blah. And then for some reason, two guys in white coats come in and grab her and jam a needle in her neck. So, of course, I immediately thought of Hair Trigger and Big Pink. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, 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 you know, it's odd because they're trying to. It, it, it's just. Oh, let, let's be honest. It's not odd. It's horrible. It, 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 so she goes back and she meets the two people she's chasing, and of course, the first line is "back off, bitch." Nice. Um, and this is at the North Pole, circa thirty fourteen. Of course, it's a massive. <laughs> where did the North Pole come from? Well, that's where they went in time and space. Oh my god. <laughs> It's just, it's just awful, guys. It's so bad. So, speaking of Lincoln, they go back to try to stop Lincoln's assassination, and they fail. He still gets shot. In the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's when he became a time traveler. But anyway, well, he was snatched out of time right before his assassination. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's just in his it's last just- moments, he lived a lifetime. That's right. That's right. And and fought, you know, time Stalin. And, you know, I saw I saw this I saw this I saw this cover. It was an interesting cover of Julie, a young Julie Newmar staying there in cat suit. So of course I picked it up. I did not realize that was Blue Water until uh, much later, and I realized my horrible, horrible mistake. Because <laughs> I just want you to know, I was eating Doritos while you described this issue to me, uh-huh. and I almost choked three times. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know that Black Widow scene in Avengers when she's standing in front of Loki's containment cage, and she's oh, she's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know that scene. There's a similar scene in this one when she's in the cat suit. Young Julie Newmar. So I, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, I see these. They've got the Julie Newmar book and the Adam West book, yada, yada. Uh, right. do, do the actors have any credit in the book? Are they, like, participating yeah, in the you, story? Well, I mean, I don't know how much she participates, she's, but Julie Newmar is a credited writer. She, her and Mark Shapiro are the two people credited as writing on the on the front page. And so do you, can you just imagine that 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 story session, you know, where they're saying, Julie, what do you think? Well, I think there should be a time machine and I'm an <laughs> agent and I go back and I try to stop Lincoln's assassination. Andrew, well, actually, is, LSD, actually, is LSD also a writer? <laughs> the, no, well, uncredited, perhaps. Um, the funny thing is that Julie Newmar was not there to stop Lincoln's assassination. 
she is there to stop the other two people from stopping Lincoln. So, so really, Jumar, Julie Newmar is there. Jumar, Jumar, yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Julie Jumar was there to enable Lincoln's assassination. <laughs> so I have two observations on this. Yeah. Just, just two. <laughs> just uh, one. An awful lot seems to happen in this first issue. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, and considering that it's uh, let me do the math. It's it's twenty three. Uh, no, twenty two. <laughs> Twelve pages long, <laughs> written on a napkin. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> twenty two. I'm getting on comicsology, so I can't talk about the paper stock. Uh, um, it's good for paper stock. Man, you can't <laughs> whip. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> But the time t- the the time travel sequences because when she when she travels through time it's a full page thing right uh, of of her going back through time and I gotta tell you it's uh is the it, art- I, hope, I hope you like green and black wavy lines I, that's all I can say so is the art any good um, other than the green and black wavy lines I'd say no so there are some some there are some panels where they're like stills or like it's a very posed look that are okay. But anything that involves action is just awful. Hmm. Like the fight sequences and, and uh, yeah, I don't know if they, they meant to draw this lady so creepy the way she was moving around Julie Nomar. But <laughs> the, action, the action stuff is horrible. There's some, like I said, there's some 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 like posed uh, panels where it's it's not bad. It's okay. So, well, I, I really think Blue Water probably needs to team up with Avery Brooks for our Secret Lives of Avery Brooks, because that oh book gosh. would be the shit, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen Avery books in the last five years, you know that would be like Grant Morrison had sex with Alan Moore and wrote this book. That is true. You know, I just I just rewatched The Captains. Uh, it was, I guess I think it was the day before Halloween. I just rewatched and, The Captains documentary. And, and, and he is batshit crazy, isn't he? Oh, my God. And Kate Mulgrew's kind of crazy her Himself, or at least manic at the very least yeah um and then uh, scott bacula and chris pine are only two like normal dudes on that show yeah i really need to watch that documentary it's on my netflix queue but i haven't watched it yeah i originally watched it online and then i wa- the other day i watched it i just saw it on netflix so i laid down and watched it on the big tv i'll save you some time just fast forward until you see avery burks on the screen and then fast forward until it's- he comes back and fast forward till he comes back, <laughs> and then just stop it. <laughs> but it, you know, I, oh, go ahead. I was just saying it was terrible. Oh yeah, it, well, it was beautifully terrible. It was terrible in a magnificent way. But uh, speaking of terrible things, or depending on who you are, uh, did you guys hear that Hellblazer is ending? The hell you say? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> It's true. They, what, 400 issues of, of John Constantine and Hellblazer are coming to an end. 300, but yeah. <laughs> Andrew rounds up. <laughs> we, we know my math is not sound. 1,700 issues of Hellblazer are coming to their end. <laughs> Look, if you, spend 85%, if you spend 85% of your money on X, that leaves you 45% of your money for Y. We, we know that's how I roll. I think it's acceptable to get the issue number wrong when you've never read a single issue of the book. I read the, I have, the book. I have never read an issue of Hellblazer. I have tried to read an issue of Hellblazer. I have been unsuccessful. Okay, I've read more than one issue. I've read a couple of issues because Garth Ennis was on the title for a while. Yeah, sure. They they did that whole uh, where they were re-releasing certain you know must-read books for like a buck, 
uh, about a year or so ago from DC, and that was one of them. And I just, it's not my thing. That was after Watchmen. Yeah. It's like after Watchmen, what's next? Yeah. And they had the publisher. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I just, I couldn't get into it. I'm sure I it's mean, a great book because I, you know, I know that people really enjoy it. It's just not my thing. I mean, I'm sure it's a, I mean, exactly. It's, I'm sure it's a great book. It's been written by some of comics' best writers. Um, so I, I know there are a lot of people who are very sad to see it go and sad to see what they're replacing it with, which is a Constantine book set in the new 52. Um, I'm not that uh, sad about it though. I'm actually okay with Con- I like Constantine in the new 52. I do too. And yes, I, I know too. you're not going to get the mature storytelling that you got from a Vertigo book, but <laughs> eh, I mean, I'm okay with it. But again, I, and is not a reader of Hellblazer. I mean, I think the most Constantine I've ever read is in Justice League Dark. I actually would like to see more of that character. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you guys, which may be different from from some of our listeners. But not being a huge Hellblazer fan, I uh, I I love Hell Constantine and in, in uh, Justice League Dark, and I'm, I'll probably pick up the new uh, series coming out. You know, it's a sh- it's a shame that they had to end one to have the other. But um, I don't know. Maybe well, don't you- sales weren't there, or you know, something like that. I mean, there's a certain extent to quitting while you're ahead. And maybe they just felt like there was not much more they could do with the character in a Mac setting or a, a mature reader setting that hasn't already been done in the first 300 issues. Well, and I'm also disappointed. What I am disappointed about is that Justice League Dark is uh, leaving because Jeff Lemire is uh, or Lemire is Lemire uh, leaving. Lemire, Lemire, Positive Incorporated. <laughs> Doing it for you. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Go on. Don't ignore. I was just saying, uh, Jeff Lemire went on Twitter after it was announced that he was on Green Arrow, uh, which is pretty awesome, by the way. Oh man, I I I, I busted some wood when uh, I heard that he was going on Green Arrow. He's not leaving Justice League Dark, so I don't know how the rumor started, but well, I think Andrew just so started it. Yeah. No, I, I I think I heard on an episode of Funny Books with Aaron and Paulie. <laughs> Watch who listens to that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is great news, though? And speaking of Constantine and Justice League Dark, there's this rumor going around. In fact, it's not a rumor. It is confirmed. Guillermo del Toro says it's in talks, which probably means it'll never happen. <laughs> that he's going to be <laughs> I mean, let's think. I mean, Guillermo del Toro, nothing ever happens with that guy. Ever. But <laughs> since Hellboy 2. Or Pandora, or uh, you know, what was that? Pandora's Labyrinth, or whatever that was. Labyrinth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he does good movies. Don't get me wrong, but it seems like when he gets involved in something, it goes nowhere. Um, uh, there, anyway, there's been talks about a Justice League Dark type movie featuring some of DC's characters. Um, I don't know. They haven't said who the characters are, but he's hinted like Swamp Thing and Constantine and stuff like that. So. It would be pretty sweet to get a Justice League Dark movie. And I, if Justice League does well, the movie that comes out in 2015, you can be damn sure that they're going to do a movie called Justice League Dark just to capitalize on the name. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 would, I would love to see that movie. I think that Guillermo del Toro is, is certainly the person to uh, do that movie. Do you think they could get Keanu back to play Constantine? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Constantine movie. You know, I liked it too, but again, I've never read Hellblazer, so I'm not familiar with the source material, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that movie. I do think they should get someone British to play him. I, I just say. I really do it. But Are you saying um, that Keanu Reeves isn't British? That's sort of racist. You say, you say Keanu can't play Brit? 
You say he can't portray himself and do a British accent? Are you, are you impinging Keanu Reeves' acting ability? I love Paul Keanu. is the authority on British accents. That's so. true. <laughs> Bust it out for us, Paul. Really? Bust it out for us. Bust it out, Paul. Cheers. Acting. Acting. Paul Aponte, wordsmith. <laughs> you're suddenly more cultured and, and sexy, Paul. Just just <laughs> by saying that one word. Your teeth are crooked. <laughs> <laughs> really, I'm just fond of disguise. I assume you're wearing a, a a tuxedo to the the premiere of Skyfall today, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good. Now, Paul, were you like Daniel Craig and a big woman and wept when uh, you heard the Skyfall theme from Adele? You know, I've actually not heard the Skyfall theme from Adele. What? I know. Because, you know, he cried. He says that he wept. Wept, Paul. Big, big, big tears. You know what? He's banging Rachel Weisz. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. What is this Skyfall thing that everyone's been talking about for the last day or so? God, Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to revoke Wayne's geek card. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I know what it is, and I don't really care. Is that the- whoa! Whoa! Why all what? the hate, Tim? James Bond. Meh. I'm throwing down Meh? my microphone. Uh, Meh. I have never seen a James Bond movie. Any of I, them. I've ever. never seen a whole one. Seriously? I think I hate everybody on this podcast. Yeah. I have seriously like, never hate- seen a James Bond movie. Ever. Why the hell not? Why would you... Why would you- why would you deny yourself all this awesome, t- uh, Wayne? Whatever the hell your name is. I don't know. It just didn't didn't seem that interesting, so I never got around to watching any of them. So you're talking about British spies with secret yeah. weapons, beautiful women, great villains, who is essentially a comic book character, going across the world doing awesome stuff, including using a jetpack, and you're not interested. Eh, well, I've never really watched spy movies. Yeah, well, let me let me say, back in Aaron's day, that stuff all looked, you know, cutting edge. But when I was growing up, it looked kind of campy. Well, I'm not talking about. I, I mean, we could talk about the aging of the series, and you could have some points there. But I mean, you could look at the Daniel Craig movies, and there's no there's no aging there in the last I, uh, Casino Royale or Quan Solis. God, you know, I, I I will say that the new ones look interesting. It's just not something that I'm I'm going you know going out of my way to watch. It uh, seems like you're going out of your way not to watch it. That's what it seems like to me. It's just, eh. Well, I know what I'm bringing Tim next year for Fear the Con. I think we need what we need to bring Tim and Wayne is that chair that they had in Casino Royale with the, oh, yeah. with the bottom cut out of it. Uh-huh. And so we can get the rope and bust the hell out of their balls. That's what we need to do. <laughs> we'll see what that, they think of James Bond was then. It, that was really, yeah, that, that was a really painful scene for me to watch. It was like, because you know, they don't show it to you. You just hear it. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then he walks after that. You're like, oh, my God. A little to the left. It itches a little. <laughs> I am, so in case you uh, can't tell, three out of five podcast hosts are excited about Skyfall. <laughs> I am damn psyched for this Absolutely. film. It looks great. It does. I'm, it just looks great. I'm seeing it this evening. I have no idea when I'm going to get to see it. Paul? I'm seeing it in like two hours. In IMAX. Paul wins. Bam. Mm, 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 mm. 
mm, uh. do the James Bond dance. Mm, mm, mm. And why aren't you watching it today? Justify yourself. Uh, well, you know, we just finished our kitchen remodel, and I have to put everything back together. That sounds so. like something your wife could do, to be honest. <laughs> the, the way this works is she tells me where she wants those things. <laughs> I don't want to be critical. I don't want to be critical, Eric, but... It seems like you cut the middleman out and save time. <laughs> it seems like something the Ethiopian child in your basement. <laughs> I tell you what, Andrew. After the show, I'll let you talk to her. See if you you can negotiate something for me. I'm better. I'm better at being first. I'm honest. Aaron is being held hostage. It is up to Andrew to negotiate his release. <laughs> <sighs> this is. Could Aaron come out and watch a movie today? Nope. Oh, shucks, Mrs. Ted. Jeepers. I'm Cinderfella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds wow. like a bad Disney movie. Well, you know, as excited as I am about Skyfall, I am in no way excited about uh, the new JLA variant covers. How many variant covers, Paul? 52. Uh, uh. Actually, at least 52. There, there are probably regular variant covers and a regular cover, but they are doing 52 <laughs> for the 52 states. No. Um, they, they are doing 52 variant covers, one for each state, and they're also, I guess, they're also doing Hawaii and is it Puerto Rico? Well, that would be a, that is a territory of the U.S. Yes. No, Hawaii is. A, no, it, it, I'm sorry. They're doing Washington D.C. and I don't know. I don't know. They're I'm, they're doing 52 variant covers. Fuck all. I bet. But the, uh, did you guys see the variant <laughs> cover yet? No. It is the same cover. They're just changing the flag. Oh, <laughs> seriously. Wow. So it's not actually 52 different covers. It is one cover with 52 different flags on it. That's That's awful. That's crap. I wanted to see Superman hoisting a cow over his head and them chugging back beers. Yeah, I See, I want to see like him him sitting on the top of the uh, St. Louis Arch, you know, drinking a, a 40 or something. So initially I thought that I would just look for whatever alternate cover didn't have anything to do with any of these state covers. But I do have to say, if there was an alternate cover with Superman sitting on the arch drinking a Bud, I'd pick that up. Really, I'm looking forward to the Martian Manhunter sitting in Chicas Locas cover that they're doing for Texas. Chicas Locas! <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, I probably will, if they have it and it doesn't cost extra money, I probably will buy the Virginia variant. What do you think they're, how do you think they're going to do this on, uh, how do you think they're going to do this on Comixology? <laughs> Probably not. We well, you know a lot of a lot of people like on Pathfinder this week. I mean, all the variant covers are right there at the front, but I just can't imagine them doing fifty-two variant covers. That would suck if you had to like flip through fifty-two pages just to get to the first page of your book. Just you go to the, you go to the you know the big the, the big thing and just flip through you know nine pages. Yeah, I know. I'm, don't ruin the joke, but yeah, we're good. Right. Well, you remember right. when when IDW released the first uh, first issue of the latest Godzilla? They had the variant covers, where you could buy, you know, you could buy the the IDW variant or the Comicsology variant. Yeah, That's same right. price. And I'm like, you know, just put it digitally in there. Why am I going to buy this twice? I don't yeah. Know. Okay. Can, can I can I say something else about the the press release that was done? Because the 52 sure. cover sounds like a bunch of crap now that Paul told us how it's going to be. But the press release says also, we're also getting solo books for two fan favorite characters, Vibe and Katana. Who's Vibe? Yeah, what? Who? 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 <laughs> Who is this fan? 
Point him Dan DiDio. The, the fan is Dan DiDio. Uh-huh. I get, well, apparently. Listen, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Vibe and Katana are still better characters than Thistledown Johns and Knights of Rainsboro. Oh, but. Ouch. Who likes these people? Wow. Wow. <laughs> If I don't like them and Paul doesn't like them, that they're lying and they don't have fans. Because one of us would like these horrible characters. Anybody did. That's true. Yeah, I don't I, give a shit about either one. I don't know who Vibe is. It's that thing your wife – never mind. Um, yeah, I mean I like – I have a pretty low bar <laughs> of things I enjoy. And, and I got to say I'm pretty easily satisfied and, and I don't really like either of those characters. So okay. no one's gonna tell me who Vibe is. <laughs> is that is that what I'm getting out of this? I I, I am I'm requesting I, information. You guys oh, clearly so not have this joke. information. I have no idea. Okay, I can exp- I can explain Vibe. Uh, and I don't want to, but I can. He was in the 1989 Justice League, the worst Justice League ever, with like none of the people that are in Justice League now. And he had Sonic powers. And he wore glasses and looks like he was in a biker gang circa 1987. Vibe is a dude. He looks like Johnny Cage. Yeah, he looks kind of like Johnny Cage, a little shaggier. So, Not so, that Andrew Aaron knows who Johnny Cage is. So Vibe is a dude. Yes. Sounds kind of a girly name, you know, just saying. Yeah. He, he's not exactly manly. Okay. No. But I would, I would buy the ass out of a Katana book. I like really? Katana. I love Seriously? Katana. Yeah, I love Katana. Why, can you, why would you buy a katana book when you can just read Shinku, which is epically better? Shinku! Shinku! Shinku is awesome. Yeah. And you make God, a point, too. On Mars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the DC press release sounds like a big bunch of fail. That's what I'm <laughs> Yeah, so uh, four books are ending, and we are getting Constantine, Vibe, uh, Katana, and JLA. Oh. Oh, we're going to do the test. Paul, you get every single New 52 book. I have not. I did fi- not buy Sword of Sorcery. I did not buy, um, I don't know, I'm, like the last round, I didn't buy most of them. So I the didn't buy Phantom Stranger. Yeah, I think the only thing I bought yeah. was Talon. So what do you get out of this this, this group of four? Um, JLA. Okay, so it's that's probably- our canary. Our canary in the coal mine is dying three out of four times in the last two releases of new 52 titles. Yeah, that I am only <laughs> buying probably JLA out of those. I'm, I'm super excited about the Jeff Lemire on Green Arrow. Super excited about that because that was in the same press release. But yes, I'm also very excited. I, I will probably start reading Green Arrow once he pops so on the book because I love. I'd be way more interested, but. <laughs> because I, I love what it's it probably jail, the only uh, person uh, they could announce that would make me interested in. <clears throat> excuse me, jeez, in Green Arrow because, like, since Judd Winnick, I pretty much haven't liked any other writer on the title. Well, let's talk about a writer that uh, I, I know Paul and I enjoyed his last run on, and that's Kieran Gillen. And Kieran Gillen, with the uh, the the new uh, Marvel releases, is, is writing Iron Man. Kieran Gillen's British, just like James Bond. So thus, he inspires a little bit of man crush in me. Do you think that he and, cried when he heard Adele's uh, theme song for special? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, I think I saw something on Twitter that, yes, he did. Okay. I think so. It's Maybe a it's a British thing. thing. Maybe they're all just it's big a British women. Thing. Maybe they're all just big women. Hey, there's a lot of tough, cross-dressing British men right now. Kick your ass for saying that. <laughs> well, you know, Adele, she's a big woman. <laughs> and Andrew knows cross-dressers. <laughs> Well, apparently I don't, which is my problem. <laughs> she, 
he or she i don't know but yeah so this is a uh, uh, issue one in the demons and genies uh, storyline for iron man greg land's doing the pencils uh jay leaston is doing the the ink and aaron what'd you think about it other than the greg land art i really liked this book i uh i i kind of like where it's going it does feel like it's retreading some things you know it's the whole you know the technology is loose and we've got to go chase it down. But the difference this time is that it's not Tony Stark's technology, but he still feels responsible for protecting the world against it. Yeah. And to speak to the Greg Land art, uh, I really enjoyed it when he was actually in the suit and when they were at the aim thing. Absolutely. I thought it was perfect for the aim thing. Yeah, I thought I thought the Iron Man armor was drawn beautifully. And yeah. I thought that – the. That the you know extremist powered aim agents were very interesting to look at, but you know there's there's something about the way he draws people, you know, and yeah. not you know the, the the women in the book, you know the the civilians I should say, the bar but, scene. Yeah, it just seems so. Uh, I I don't know that it's it, that it's just so deeply photo referenced, but that's how it appears. Is. You know? It is. I mean, he photo references women in catalogs yeah. and stuff like that. That's what Greg Land does. And I'm with you guys. I cannot – I like the Iron Man pages. I cannot stand the art in this book outside of those pages. Yeah. Well, I like – you see, his photorealism for the guy with the big grin who's trying to sell things I, I thought was perfect. And I thought that worked rather well. Because it's that type, you know, it's that type of personality, right? Yeah. That kind of fake, forced, fixed look with bent teeth. And I thought that was perfect. But yeah, the bar scene was was horrible. Yeah, and it, I, I did. It's, it's strange to it's say not horrible. Yeah, it, it's strange to say yeah. that you know that I don't like the artwork because he does draw beautifully. I just yeah. don't care for the style in the way because yeah. it does seem like they're looking in the camera. It does seem like it's it's so posed and it, there's 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 nothing natural about a lot of that stuff. Okay, yes. I I have the exact opposite viewpoint. I, I like the art. Mm-hmm. I like the art through the whole book. I the story to me it seems uninspired. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, it's Iron Man having stopped the world from somebody getting technology. I, I kind of expected more. I got to be honest. You know, um, it, it just it it seems very Iron Man. It doesn't seem very Kieran Gillen. That's. That that's that, and that's why I picked up the book. I didn't pick up the book for Iron Man. I haven't bought Iron Man like ever as a run. I picked it up for the writer, and I was hoping to get a unique take on a character that I'd been somewhat disinterested in. Mm-hmm. And well, I didn't and, get that. And I, you know, you don't know how much the first storyline is set out. He's he may have been given a direction to take the first storyline. You know, we don't really know, or if he was just. I don't think he was let loose to run free. Necessarily, but I, I would maybe give him a little time to to see what he does with it, because uh, Karen Gillan usually has a pretty interesting look at whether it be Thor or, or Loki or, or whatnot, and I, I, I have a feeling that may come about. There is enough here to bring me back for the second issue, because if he yeah. starts too far afield on the first issue, then people will be like, "Well, this isn't my Iron Man. This Iron Man doesn't resemble." So I think he has to start somewhat near his source material, and then then maybe he'll have a chance to branch out and give it his own particular uh, feel to it. You know, See, Andrew, I disagree a- though. I, I gotta say, I think he's gonna be reeled in even more as we get closer to clo- and closer to Iron Man three coming out. I mean, Marvel is clearly informing their universe based on the movies. 
We've got Agent Coulson. We've got a Black Nick Fury. Iron Man is very much the movie Iron Man. You know, I think that's you know, Shield is in every damn book, which we're going to talk about here again in a minute. I I, I don't think they're going to let Kieran Gillen do what Kieran Gillen does. Well, you know, that's a sound theory, Paul. I just hope you're wrong. You you might be right, but I I hope you're wrong. Now, did anybody apply the AR reader to this book? I'm too busy for that I shit. Um, I don't have that option. It's a little bit of a motion comic. Really? Mm. Yeah. The I mean, it's not. It's you know maybe 15 seconds of a motion comic, but uh, it's the scene where uh, uh, the woman that comes out of the sewer to you know send her text message. Um, it's a little additional animation on that page. So, anyway, just interesting. Tim, any other thoughts? I was just going to say, I think you might have a solid premise that maybe he can't uh, unleash the crack in the first issue, but uh, uh, my my like buy-in point was so low that I, I needed that. So, he might have a solid point, and I hope you're right, but I can't I can't. I can't continue to get Iron Man until I hear b- better things. Sure. Now, sure. in in that in that issue of uh, Iron Man number one, there is a one page ad for the new Thunderbolts number one. Yes. Well, and, not, wait, wait. There's not one in mine. Hold oh, on. very sorry. <laughs> and on that page, you've got you know Red Hulk, you've got Elektra, you've got uh, you know Agent Venom, the Punisher, and Deadpool. It's going to be uh, by Way and Dylan, and I've got to say that looks pretty badass for uh, a book coming out in December. I was going to say, do you guys see the Cable and X-Force picture, too? Yes. I'm excited about that book, too, especially after I read uh, Marvel.1, and me Andrew's too. the only one who read it with me. Yeah, uh, I, I had was a really excited. I was got really excited about uh, the Cable X-Force book and also the uh, Star-Lord book that's coming God, out. God, Star-Lord. Got, can't wait for Star-Lord. Uh, yeah, the point one got me excited. And, and Young Avengers. I was pretty excited about Young Avengers, but Young Avengers too. Uh, Wiccan, Young Loki, God, Wiccan is awesome. Fucking Wiccan, Aaron. <laughs> Andrew, there is no more Young Loki. I know, but it just in the point one they don't they they did a good job of not spoiling that in the point one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I, I heard I didn't read, but I, I heard about Young Loki's fate. But yeah, the point one makes it seem like he's going to be part of it. Now, only Thunderbolts didn't have Red Hulk be getting it. Uh, Red Hulk. Oh. Rolk. Rolk. Yep. <laughs> it's like Hulk, but he calls people Millsops. How do you not like that? Yeah. Because it's like he calls people Millsops. That's awesome. I don't care. So, uh, Paul. Crotchy Hulk. Andrew. Yes. Yes. yes you yes. guys did something I have never done. Why? What's that? Uh, make love to a woman? Dutch Rudder? Dutch Rudder. Deadpool number one. Yes. I've never read a Deadpool book. Tell me about it. Really? Never really. Pull book. I've read books in which Deadpool has appeared, but I've never read a Deadpool. Well, oh, man, I think I think I would send you back to the '90s Deadpool series. That that was a really good series. Yeah, with Joe Madart. Hell yeah. yeah. I have the first I, 40, 50 issues. But go on, Joe. Uh, Paul. No, I love Deadpool. I love, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I hop in and out of the Deadpool series. Um, but I loved Daniel Way's run on the last Deadpool uh, volume. He did and I can really. And I, and I can echo Paul's statement. The Daniel Way run for the, for the you know, I, I think I got four or five of the, of the, the first trades. Really good. Yeah. I mean, it's genuinely 
funny. You know, fun, funny superhero comics that I really enjoy. And so, yeah. you know, Daniel Way's off of the title. He's now doing, I guess, Thunderbolts. And, um, you know, they, they, so they brought in these new writers. Uh, I've not heard of them before, but I believe I, they're comedians. Um, and they have Tony Moore from the, the first couple of issues of Walking Dead and Frankencastle uh, doing the art on the new Deadpool volume. And I convinced Andrew to read it with me. Well, you didn't have to convince too hard. I, I, like I said, I love the '90s Deadpool series. I uh, I have the first two or three uh, trades of you know that started back in was it Secret Invasion or Civil War and went through Secret Invasion and and it, yeah, they were really good. They, I mean, they were really funny. This one, uh, you know, I don't know how you felt about it, Paul, but uh, I'd give this a solid B minus. Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say it's not as solid as Daniel Way stuff. It's not as funny. Oh, the no. jokes don't mm-hmm. land quite as strong as Daniel Way's jokes. But I thought it was a fun book. Um, basically, the premise, at least of this first storyline, is Deadpool is battling the ghosts of ex-presidents. Yep, someone's going around. Some necromancer is going around and raising dead presidents. And Shield is unhappy because after uh, Captain America stops one of them. And the headline in the next day of the Daily Bugle is Cap Snaps in Scrap. The Captain America stars in Truman's show and it has a big picture of him cutting Truman's head off with a shield. Yeah, he does battle with FDR um, in the streets of New York. I mean, it's rather funny. I mean, I, I, one of the things <clears throat> that fell flat for me are the one-liners. A lot of the one-liners just didn't tickle me like they expected. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, I, what I think is interesting is that anyone who's read Daredevil or Daredevil, <laughs> Deadpool, Deadpool, for a couple of years now knows that he's got his inner monologue. You know, he's got like multiple personality inner monologue completely gone in this book. Yeah. This is probably why he talks wow. so much. Right. It, 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 one of the great things about the recent, uh, you know, Deadpool was the, you know, multiple personalities talking inside his thought bubbles and arguing with each other. And, and that is completely gone from this book, which is a is a shame and a disappointment. And it's missed. I mean, I, I didn't read the last arc of the Daniel Way run. I actually got it in the Comixology sale that they had last week. So I'm, I'm starting to read it. So I don't know if that was a result of that, but it's missed. It is definitely missed. Um, yeah. That being said, I still thought this was a fun, funny book. I, I really liked the scenes with the ex-presidents, the ghosts of the ex-presidents. Um, I liked the cameos by Captain America and Thor. Yeah, um, I love I love Thor's line. <laughs> Speak of this misadventure and your face shall feel Majolner's kiss. Understand? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yep, no blabbing, blogging, or tweeting about our marvelous team-up. We did not team up. You got it, partner. <laughs> Um, and this is, of course, as they're cutting their way out of a giant monster's stomach. But no, it's it, it's I I I enjoyed it. It's two ninety nine. I recommend picking it up. Um, I, I one thing that I mentioned with uh, Iron Man is that it seems like Shield because of the movie is all over the place. Well, Shield is all up in Deadpool now. Uh, Deadpool in this first issue has been hired by Shield to take on these ex-presidents because they don't want Captain America. You know exactly. You can't show Captain America taking, you know, cutting off presidents' heads. So they, you know, but it's you can, bad PR. Deadpool can do it's it. Bad yeah, PR. it's bad PR. But Deadpool can do it. And so, you know, uh, that's why I'm a little worried that this movie universe Shield thing is going to be all over the place. Um, 
because I know for a fact that's what they're doing with Hulk. Also, is that Hulk's going to be an agent of Shield? So, one of the things about uh, that aspect, but one of the things that you know, you see Shield, uh, whether it be in the movie or the the comic books, and you know, they just have these skin tight spandex suits on, right? And you're always like, there's just ridiculous number of fit people. You know, there's got to be one fat guy, right? Well. In this issue, you find some spectacularly out-of-shape S.H.I.E.L.D. agents wearing their little skin-tight suits, and uh, yeah, I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, it was, I mean, the Tony Marr art is a lot of, is a lot, is really perfect for the book. Um, you know, I don't think Deadpool appears in this in on a single panel where his costume's not all jacked up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, you know that was a good point. It basically, it's... You know, the it's not all beautiful people, you know, which is a stark difference from Iron Man with the photorealistic art. But this is just a fun book. I recommend it. I enjoyed it. Um, did I love it? No, but I love. But I enjoyed it enough to keep to continue on at least through the end of the storyline. And Aaron, just to sweeten the pot, maybe. Yes. Although you know, this probably wouldn't be the de- if you're going to read a Deadpool series, I probably wouldn't say start with this one. But the the head agent of Shield uh, has a sweet set. Type stash. Very nice. It's thick. It's luxurious. And I know how you love the mustache. I, I, I am fond of the mustache. Mm. No, and um, I think Catman is going to be an issue too. You're a liar. He is. You're no, a liar. Is. Liar. No. Liar. Catman. Issue two. It's right here on the scenes from next uh, uh-huh. issue. On the, at the book. I, I need to see a screen capture of that. It's Hold why on. he's not in the new 52. Uh-huh. I was right. about to say, we haven't seen him in the new 52, have we? They traded Catman to Marvel for for, uh, for the Constrictor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Liar. For vibe. They traded him for Vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't like any of you guys. <laughs> I know what I'm buying Eric next year. <laughs> Get him A vibe. Well, that's maybe not for Aaron, but... Um, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so next, uh, Aaron and Wayne read World's Finest, uh, number six. I said, speaking of things we don't like, I got a little Damian Wayne in my World's Finest here, like on almost every page. So is this a, is this a whole peanut butter in your chocolate kind of thing, Wayne? Well, no, because I – well, actually, I'm not a big fan of uh, chocolate, so it would be more like chocolate. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never it's watched like a James Bond. Bond movie. I don't like chocolate. Is it like- what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure I've gone through this before. I grew up allergic to milk. If I had milk as a baby or a child, my throat would close up and I'd have to be rushed to the hospital. So I never developed a taste for like cheese and chocolate and things growing up. I always did like white chocolate and also I wouldn't have massive allergic reactions. I outgrew it and I like things like Snickers and candy bars and stuff now, but I never really developed a taste for all the things that kids normally love because it would send me to the hospital. This is why you like Stephanie Brown, isn't it? No, I, I like her because she was really good in Robin and hasn't been used properly since. Uh-huh. Paul, why? Why? <laughs> I Paul, don't know. Why? I don't know. I'm a glutton <laughs> for punishment. I wait to take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, so... Um, in the pages of World's Finest number six, you know, uh, the Huntress, ha- you know, when 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 she and Power Girl landed in 
our new 52 universe from the Earth 2 universe, um, she, uh, she uh, you know, kind of set their stake, as it were, by ripping off Wayne Corp. You know, she stole several million dollars just to kind of, you know, give them their, 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 their chit, as it were. And uh, so she has returned because, you know, she needs a couple more bucks. You know, she, she needs a couple more million to uh, establish her new identity. And I think that is the move. You go to a new reality deal from not dad. Yeah. So um, Damien catches her doing it. And uh, the 10-year-old boy proceeds to kick her ass. I wouldn't say he kicked her ass. He it was kicked a, her ass. Way to go, Damien. Way to get to it, Damien. Represent. Now, he knocked her off the building. I mean, he he would have completely have uh, uh, taken her out of the game if Power Girl hadn't shown up to kick his ass. He definitely oh, yeah. won the fight. I will give you that. But I don't think he kicked her ass. He I think she held her, her own. Ass. As much as I hate Damien, I did like that he... In, he recognized her fighting styles mm-hmm. that he's like, you, you were trained by Batman and that's a Catwoman move. I was waiting for them to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm making out with my half sister. <laughs> that's what I was expecting, but that didn't happen. Maybe in issue seven, but I, you know, Wayne, I, there are, there's a lot I like about world's finest, but I'm kind of having the same problem with this book issue over issue. And it's that I really don't feel like it's going anywhere. Um, it seems like we're asking a lot of questions, but we don't really seem to be moving on anything and everything. It seems to be you know, one step forward, two steps back. And we always seem to have – and I know that Paul Levitz is writing to his audience. But we always seem to have a scene where Power Girl's uh, uh, bodysuit burns off. Yeah, yeah I, I've kind of noticed that too. It's This is definitely a character-driven book because there's really no story going on. Or the story that's going on is going on so slow, it's hard to pick it out. I uh, I do like the characters, though. Like Even more in this issue, I really like Huntress, this version of her. But I do want to see the story go somewhere. And now we're taking a, a side trip to figure out who's stealing from Bruce Wayne. Well, I, you know, there has been very little in this book that indicates to me that Huntress is anywhere on the level of Nightwing, Robin – uh, the Red Hood. I mean, I don't think her skills are anywhere close to those characters. But yet, she is supposed to be Batman's daughter, raised by Batman and Catwoman of Earth Two. Um, I I don't think that she is a worthy partner to Power Girl. I mean, she is in this book. She is really Power Girl's sidekick. Yeah, you know? they continue to find ways to have her be on her own, and then Power Girl come and save her. Yeah, and there's there's nothing – you know, when you put Batman and Superman together, certainly Superman is the powerhouse, but Batman's the thought leader. You know, he's the guy who is up in the bad guy's head. He's the strategist. He really complements that relationship, you know, and Huntress doesn't do that. Yeah, and especially and, with Power Girl being a scientist. Yeah, I mean. so I, I just I, – I'm really not – Every issue, I keep asking myself, do I really want to pick this issue up? Because there are elements of the book that I like. I just don't know that I like it enough to keep reading. Yeah, I'm not quite that far yet. I I really like the characters, and I like their interactions. I just wish there was a story. Yeah, and and, and related, I kind of feel the same way about Earth 2. You know, I, I know we just wrapped up the uh, uh, first storyline in Earth 2, but I... 
I almost feel like they've given me a good place to jump off on Earth too. You know, I'm as surprised as I am to say it. I was kind of feeling the same way. I absolutely loved those first couple issues of Earth too. Mm-hmm. I was hooked in the beginning, and it seemed like the storyline lasted too long. I it didn't need to be a six issue. Need to be like a three or a four. Right. Right. And and they didn't end it with okay, the group's together. They busted the group up. Yeah. You know? So I mean, I'm like, hmm. This is a good jumping off point for me, you know, except they did end Earth 2 with the uh, whatever happened to Mr. Terrific, which, you know, has been a question that we've asked since issue one and two. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know hey, about Aaron, I so. think Catman is in the next issue of uh, Earth 2. Hey, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Paul, if you could just please go fuck yourself, that would be great. <laughs> you, you know, Tim, Damian Wayne is going to be in the next issue of World's Finest. <clears throat> the, no. <laughs> I, I'm not even screwing with you. The, it, it doesn't end here. He is going to be in the next issue of World's Finest with them, hunting down who's stealing from Bruce Wayne. And I'm pretty yeah. sure that Damian Wayne, Huntress, and Power Girl are all going to take a shower together. Mm. Pretty sure. That's an education right there. No, no, I, I, <laughs> There is a good chance that at some point during the next issue, Damian Wayne will see Power Girl naked. Uh-huh. Because yeah. she's been naked in every issue. Yeah. All six of them. So, Detective right. Comics. <laughs> you know, Damian Wayne's 10 years old. You guys are <laughs> horrible, horrible people. <laughs> you don't remember being 10, Paul? <laughs> no. Of, anyway. I was born 11 years old. That Never explains mind. a lot. Yeah. This poor, poor mother. <laughs> you're a clone. That's why you're so defensive, because you're... Don't, I get it now! He doesn't actually have a mother. He came out of a tube. <laughs> True story. Full grown at 11. Yeah. I'm like yeah, Superboy. Is, would, can I make Paul's tube jokes? You can. You should feel like yeah, Paul's John, tube jokes. I, I, I never agreed not to make be referring to my, Paul, to my tube. You should not be referring to my tube <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Hey, no, you were inside just dating. Anyway, let's let's move on. Let's move on to Detective Comics. I, I bought oh. this comic just for the cover. I, I the cover. I, I didn't even uh, done. Write me a word picture. What's on the cover? Uh, it is Batman entrapped in kudzu with poison ivy straddling him. Oh basically. yeah. And I I haven't seen this Birds of Prey costume that's like partial Batman costume with like poison ivy wrapping around it. Pretty. Pretty nice. It's a good costume. I like her new costume. Done. That's all I had to say. Done. And I, I wasn't disappointed when I read it. No, I enjoyed this issue quite a bit, actually. We talked about um last issue. Issue 13 was the first issue from John Lehman and Jason Fabok, the uh, the new creative team. And this is uh, the second issue that kind of deals more with the Penguin and also brings in uh, Poison Ivy, who I didn't realize went bad again. I didn't realize she was in Birds of Prey, or <laughs> what is it? Damien calls them the the uh, feathered the feathered felons, or <laughs> yeah, back <laughs> feathered felons. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, Fighting featherweights is what he calls them. Fighting <laughs> <Titan> featherweights. <laughs> Jason Fabok can draw some goddamn good art. Yeah, oh, yes, he can. Christ, that was nice. And I really liked the scenes between uh, that he drew between uh, Bruce and Damien in the book with them just you know looking over you know in the Batcave looking over the holographic map of Gotham. I thought those were just really nicely done pages. 
Yeah, no, I thought the entire book looked great. I mean, Jason Fabok, he's he's got a little bit of David Finch in him. Um, I wonder how but, Mrs. Finch feels about that. <laughs> but uh, no, his, I, I think his style was really works in this book, and um, the John Lehman writing. I, I I'm really enjoying this book. I, I like the uh, how Batman gets past uh, poison ivy's yeah i i was i thought that was great how the uh technology he's using to beat her mind control and uh you know poison ivy being married to clayface i'm okay with this well i'm sorry mary's is in parentheses i'm sorry you know poison ivy is way too hot for clayface i mean that that's just not gonna work he can be whatever she wants him to be uh, she, well, she's a 10, and he's a variable scale between 5 and neg 4, <laughs> depending on the day. He can be whatever she wants him to be, but all he turns into is Paul's tube. God. No. Go back yeah, to doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, go silent for a little bit. We'll talk about <laughs> Shadow Man next. Play with your mic. So, I, I have a question for you, Paul. Yeah, fix your sound, Wayne. I, I have a question for you, Paul, re- related yes. to uh, John Lehman. You know... Um, this is his second issue on Detective Comics. Correct. Um, I have to say I, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised about his take on Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had I had some initial concerns only because you know my experience with John Lehman had been through Chew, which is a you know a very different type of book. Uh, I'm curious as to what your take on uh, you know what you what you were initially expecting and and uh, what you've experienced so far with it. Uh, you know, I think he when they first announced it, I was like, really. <laughs> I mean, like m- most of my John Lehman experience, much like you, has been with two. Um, he did a couple of Marvel books that I read, but nothing that I really, not to be mean, nothing that I enjoyed. Right. Um, he wrote Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness, uh, House of M, Fantastic Four. Um, but again, most of my experience was with Chu, and um, I felt it was a very odd fit. But, I mean, I th- the book isn't as quirky as I thought it would be under his writing. You know, I thought he'd bring the, the quirky chewness to the book, and we'd have, like, this weird alternative Batman book. Yeah. Um, but it's not that at all. You know, I mean, it, it is a, just a, a, a well-written Batman book with some more humor to it. Um you know, they're, 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 you know, you've got a little bit more of a human aspect. Like you said, you know, Damian Wayne cracks a couple of one-liners, you know. Um, he's bringing in all these supervillains and, and doing some changes to them. Uh, I'm I'm really impressed with his job on it, to be yeah, honest with you. I am too. I'm, I, am, I am pleasantly surprised. Not that I was expecting it to be, you know, a bad match, but I just wasn't sure if it was going to be a taste that I was going to enjoy. And so far, I'm loving it. I, I yeah. really think he's just doing a remarkable job. It's a good Batman book, and that's—I mean, again—I expected an, a weird Batman book, not a good Batman book, and this is good Batman. And I liked the backup tale in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, we enjoyed the backup story in the the last issue too. Um, I thought this one was even more um, important to the story than last issues, though. Right. And uh, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, he's doing a great job. So I, I hope he—you know—I hope he sticks with it. Um, you know, it, it's almost. I wonder if we're going to see, you know, the rogues gallery of villains throughout his run, kind of like Jeff Loeb did. Yeah. With Hush, because, you know, we've got Clayface, Penguin and Poison Ivy all within the first two issues. So you know, I'm wondering who's next or if it's 
you know, what they're going to do with it. But no, I, I, I'm enjoying it. Tim, so you enjoyed it. Are you, uh, you think you're going to buy the next issue? I think so. I think so. It was, it was really good. I, and I like, I, there's some, there's some good dialogue in this book too. You know, I, like I said, I got sucked in for the art, but it's definitely quality writing. You know, so, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm intrigued by this. I, I may have to jump into Detective and, and check it out. I recommend it, Andrew. You should do that. I also jumped in. I, I was transitioning away. So, was there anything you wanted to say? Oh, that's what I was doing too. Okay, I was going to say I also jumped into something else a little bit new this week when I picked up Shadow Man number one. Uh, you know, part of the Valiant relaunch. And I have not read any of the original Shadow Man uh, comic books, so this was new to me. Uh, but it's written by Jordan. Sorry, Justin Jordan and Patrick Zertker, who also does the art. Uh, Wayne read this with me this week, uh, and as well did Paul. Wayne, did you read the original Shadow Man back in the back in the day? Uh, yes and no. I read the original Valiant version, but I didn't read any of it after Acclaim bought it and upped the character's power level. And this seems to be more based on what Acclaim did than what Valiant did. What do you think about What do you think about this first issue? Um, I'm not really sold. This is probably out of everything in the Valiant relaunch. This is the the one I'm the least interested in, with Bloodshot being the uh, the next one above that. I didn't dislike it exactly. It just didn't really grab me, and I don't know what's going on yet. It was kind of a Doctor Strange book. <laughs> it is what the way it read to me. It was like if you ever, Aaron, I know you saw it, the Doctor Strange animated movie. Yes. Oh yeah. This kind of reminded me of that. Oh really. A little bit, yeah. You know, because it's kind of this younger character who gets these superpowers, and it's, you know, they're trying to hunt him, and there's these demonic forces. It reads, I, I'm, I did read some of the original Shadow Man. I don't remember any of it. Um, and so this issue came out. I'm not familiar with the writer, Justin Jordan, but Patrick Zercher, the artist, um, he did Mystery Men for Marvel, and I think his art is just the cat's pajamas. I think he is an awesome artist. Oh, whoa, uh, cats, whoa, whoa. <laughs> the cat's pajamas. Yes. I've got two what cats. Does that even Either one of I them have pajamas. I think he got a hold of Julie Newmar's time machine, and this is actually 1950s. <laughs> 1960s Paul Aponte. Paul Paul Aponte. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I de-aged. And I am now negative 40. Ba-da. Or negative 20. <laughs> well, you know, you know, coming to it new, uh, I, I'm intrigued by it. You know, it shows Jack Boniface, who is kind of that doesn't know about the mystical world, doesn't know about his history, doesn't know about his 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 heritage, and. Um, it takes place in New Orleans, which I'm a big fan of New Orleans. I like mystical storylines. Uh, it does seem like, you know, he just kind of at the end becomes more powerful. And it does kind of seem like it, he's not going to be slinging spells. It looks like he's going to be punching people in the face. But um, I, I'm definitely in for a second issue. You know, it was odd. I flipped. When I first started reading it, I read the uh, the first page. I flipped to the second page, and for a moment, I forgot what book I was reading because I thought it was you know a Green Lantern book for a second. Because all of these things coming out of the portal look kind of similar to the uh, the Third Army. Oh, but I've, I haven't read that, so huh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, did the portal look like a Stargate, Wayne? No, <laughs> no, no, it, it actually not. doesn't. Yeah, it's weird. So, uh, Paul, are you in for a second issue? In for the second issue. I mean, again, much like um, Deadpool, I didn't love it, 
but yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it to give it a, another issue. The art is definitely the strong point of the book for me, uh, more so than the writing, because it, it yeah. is a little cliche. The art, the writing is, you know, generic. Oh, you're the chosen one, blah, 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 blah. No, I see. I don't think he is the chosen one. Well, not in a good way. I mean, I think he has <laughs> that medallion. For, he had that medallion for a reason to keep that thing away from him. See, but didn't I see a story like that? I remember I hearing – I remember either watching a movie or something like that where this person wore this necklace, and the second they took the necklace off, the evil people were able to I, you know, find her. I don't know. It, Could it, be. It, yeah, it, I, I'm, with, I'm with you, Paul. I'm going to give it a second issue, give it a shot. So far, I, as of right now, I buy everything Valiant releases. It's true. Every does. single book Valiant releases I am reading. This might be the first one I end up dropping, but it's getting at least a second issue. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm on board for issue two, and so we'll uh, we'll reevaluate then. So speaking of number ones, though, Andrew and I read Storm Dogs number one from Image Comics this week. Yeah, um, Andrew, how would you describe this book? Well, it's it's not a hero's book. It's it's very much CSI intergalactic. It's uh, you know, basically, you know, the, the the humanity has spread across the stars and has met other races and has has colonized. The technology is way more advanced than it is today. And these four members have been pulled together to to form a criminal investigation unit. Have been sent to this planet, which does have a native alien race. And you know, there's the muscle. There is the uh, uh, cultural relations person. There's the captain, and then there's the uh, autopsy. You know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, forensics guy. And they they've come here to investigate this string of, of odd attacks and murders. And because of the technology level of the native species, they can't have. They're limited in what technology can take on the planet. Basically, you know, the alien species, the na- native species, has technology level of four, so we can't take anything that's rated above a six onto the planet to avoid, you know, cultural contamination, essentially. So we have to leave a lot of their fancy toys, it, and they're there to to investigate. It's, it's kind of a mystery in space book, which is not something you usually read, and and I'm I enjoy it enough to see where it goes. Paul? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're gonna get more horror than mystery. Is the impression I got. Um, yeah. To me, it felt almost like a setup for a video game. You know, as we're, I was reading about the technology, like, oh, you can't use anything over S6, and you've got these things in your head that you can use to communicate with each other, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, that sounds a lot like something you'd see in a training level of a video game. <laughs> um, so it, for me, I am, you know, as I'm reading it, I'm almost getting kind of a Dead Space vibe. From it, for those who are familiar with that game, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think we're gonna, you know, even though it starts off as this murder mystery, the murders are clearly being committed by monsters. Well, uh, native, native. I think it's native species. That, they look monstrous to us, but I think it's it's native animals that are being somehow yeah. compelled to do these things. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're gonna see. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm getting a little bit more of a horror vibe than a mystery vibe. But yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't bad. It, it took a little bit to get going. The first half of the book was definitely a trudge to get through. A little bit. I, I, I kind of enjoyed. I kind of enjoyed the world building, but it is very. We're gonna lay out how everything is. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt it was overly wordy, but I mean, the yeah. last half of the book I enjoyed. You know, it got me hooked, and yeah, I'm on board for issue two. I mean, it was it was definitely an interesting enough mystery, and enough happened. Um, to, to, to get me hooked on for another issue. The uh, the writing is by David Hine, and he does a lot of 
horror type stuff. That's kind of why I'm thinking it might end up being horror. I, I believe he actually um, he wrote Arkham Asylum for a while for DC Comics. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see I how like that goes. I like the line as they're flying in, the Union people are flying in. She's like, so we're going to have to rely on the human brain cell, as unreliable as that, as I know that sounds. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so these people have to be somewhat cyborgs uh, with implants in them, even though they look fairly human, because they're like, yep, yeah, we can't use the weaves. So we're going to have to rely on your human brain cells. I know that doesn't sound good. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of uh, another new number one this week, Fly Volume Two came out. Wayne, I know you were a huge fan of the original Fly miniseries. Oh yeah, you huge. you really need to have read the first series before picking this up, though. So, like flip flipping through it, I don't think anyone would have a clue what's going on if they hadn't read the first one. This this would be my book of the week if I hadn't bought the hardback of Superman Earth One Volume Two this week. Absolutely love this whole story. This Dude, is Wayne just a continuation about what happened in that first story arc, though. So like I said you have to have read Volume One to get it. But this story is really—it's an amazing story. They're jumping, continuing to jump through time, so you see what happens now, what happened a month ago when the last storyline ended. And they're still peppering in throughout the series the backstory of the main character and his girlfriend and how she got addicted to the superhero drug. Overall, the three of the stories have really come together, and they're piecing into a very good story. I, uh, I said, book of the week this week, really good. If you haven't read the first series, get the trade paperback and jump on board with this one. So we talked about, surprisingly, a good number of non-Marvel DC books this week. Um, Including that Julie Newmar book. Especially that (laughs) Julie Newmar book. Oh, yeah. Everybody should rush out and pick up that Julie Newmar book. So I do water needs the money. But I do want to mention that um, right now on Comixology, and it will be through Monday. So if this episode drops on Monday, you have until midnight tonight, or 11 p.m. Eastern tonight. There's a Joe Hill sale on comiXology uh 99 cent joe hill books uh if you don't know who joe hill is he is the son of stephen king and he writes lock and key a road rage and uh the cape for idw and if you're a fan of fly uh the cape is a lot like fly uh in fact raven gregory has specifically said you know cape kind of inspired fly so i i recommend i mean lock and key is one of my favorite series I th- I think that if I were uh, Stephen King's son, I think that would that would be bold type on the cover of all of my books. Stephen, Stephen King's, King's son. son. <laughs> this book by wouldn't Stephen even go King's by son. my name. Exactly, was... It'd just be Stephen King's son. Yeah, son of King. <laughs> son of King. I like it. <laughs> I did so... not know that. You know, every time I always see Joe Hill books. You know, the 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 comics will always say you know. Joe Hill's cape or something like that. And I didn't gather that that was the artist. I thought that was a character in the book. Oh, no. I mean, no. that that was the writer. I, I gathered that that was, you know, a Joe Hill was a recurring character or something. Yeah. So. so what they're really missing out on is this should say, you know, Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, the cape, nothing to do with that horrible TV show. <laughs> yes, and that's what they sell more say. copies. Marking. So what's up next week, Paul? Oh, Paul. Well, if you're a Marvel Now fan, you're going to go broke next week because you've got <laughs> – uh, all new X-Men, 
Avengers Assemble, Fantastic Four, Red She-Hulk, the My- or Thor God of Thunder, um, and Wolverine and the X-Men number 20, and X-Men Legacy number one. I'm picking up several of those. Yeah, I'm picking up yep. almost all of them except X-Men Legacy, which I have zero interest in. All new X-Men is the Bendis book where the uh, X-Men come in from the past. Is that correct? correct. With art by Stuart Amonin. It's yeah. practically a must-buy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I am all on that one. I am uh, really excited about that one. I, I will be getting it. And uh, Assemble is Kelly Sue DeConnick with art by Stefano Caselli. Yeah. Fantastic Four by Bagley and Fraction. Yeah. That's not what got me jazzed. What got me jazzed is Batman 14, the continuing of the death of the family storyline. Yes, Batman 14, Batgirl 14, Batman and Robin 14, all death of the family issues. Now, uh, Red She-Hulk, I read the first issue of that last week. That's a pretty damn good book. Is it? It is. It's a pretty damn good book. I I recommend. Uh, If you enjoyed Superman by Scott Lobdell, uh, Superboy number 14 continues the Hell on Earth storyline next week. So, a, a good amount of stuff next week, actually. Yeah. Sounds like an expensive week. Now, Andrew, you've been away for a while. And uh, you it has been several issues since we have gotten to speak about Winter Soldier. Are you still reading? I am. Okay, well, I we need to have a Winter Soldier conversation. I know that, uh, you know, Paul's got to hop off the microphones here to uh, go, go, go see Skyfall. I so, uh, we'll, we'll let him go. But uh, next time, I want to talk about Winter Soldier. Absolutely. Okay. We oh, get- one more shout out for next week. Yes. Where is Jake Ellis? Issue one comes out next week. Where is Jake Ekus is back? Where is Jake? Well, the first was who is Jake Ekus? Now it's right. where is Jake Ekus? Where is he? Where is that guy? I hear he's I busy. Know, he's working a lot. All right, Paul. Well, I want you to go enjoy uh, Skyfall. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it for three people on this podcast. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you know. Because Wayne was lactose intolerant when he was a boy, and I think had to stay on the nipple much longer, he wasn't able to enjoy James Bond. No, I think that's actually, how actually that would rush me to the hospital as well. <laughs> now Bye, we know everybody. <laughs> now we know why Wayne has mommy issues. <laughs> it's good to be back. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.